Welcome to the Future of Business podcast. It's allergy season, and I'm your slightly snuffly host, April, with Fast Future Publishing. Before we begin with the podcast, just a quick announcement. March 1st was Future Day, and as our contribution to the Future's discussions going on worldwide, we're running a sale all of this month of March. The Future of Business is now 65% off with the coupon code FUTUREDAY. That's F-U-T-R-D-A-Y. And any other books in the store are 20% off with the code 20FUTURE. That's 20-F-U-T-R. With this deal, you can pick up the Future of Business paperback, which is normally about $27, for only $9.78. The ebook version, normally $19.95, is running for less than $7. That's a 566-page tome of a book from 60 Futures Thinkers for less than $10. The offer ends March 31st, so head over to fastfuturepublishing.com and get a copy for yourself, friends, and colleagues before then. Details for the deal will be in the show notes. And thank you for supporting us. In today's episode, I've got Alexandra Whittington reading the chapter she co-authored with Amir Barr, entitled Mobile 2030, Scenarios for the Role of Mobile Technology in Society. Amir Barr is an instructional designer and a learning product developer focused on mobile learning development and how people learn through mobile devices. He's created more than 20 mobile assignments for professors from different departments at the University of Houston. Alexandra Whittington, who's read two other chapters for this podcast, is an adjunct professor at the University of Houston and a researcher for Fast Future Research. She did an interview on the Robot Overlords podcast that came out today where she actually discusses this chapter. I'd highly recommend checking out their podcast and taking a listen to her interview. There will be a link to the Robot Overlords podcast episode in the show notes. Here's Alexandra Whittington reading the chapter she co-authored with Amir Barr, Mobile 2030, Scenarios for the Role of Mobile Technology in Society from The Future of Business. From Futurescapes, The Future of Business, this is the chapter, Mobile 2030, Scenarios for the Role of Mobile Technology in Society, by Alexandra Whittington and Amir Barr. What could the mobile society of the future look like? The Mobile 2030 scenarios rest on key uncertainties, major questions that might be resolved by the time horizon in question, and will have a considerable influence on the direction of change. The advantage of scenarios is that they allow previews of what life will possibly be like when strategic issues are resolved one way or the other. In this case, two key uncertainties are 1. What will the status of resources used in mobile technology be like in 2030? Scarcity or abundance? Availability of the raw materials required to make mobile technology is an unknown into the 2030 time horizon. So are the long-term political, economic, and environmental consequences of their use. Scarcity or abundance refers also to the status of most natural resources in the world in 2030. 2. How will mobile users in 2030 relate to their personal technological devices? Will mobile be one's better half, a desirable, safe, non-threatening, and helpful partner that enhances the user's life? Alternatively, could it be our frenemy? A friend that is actually one's enemy, a source of endless surveillance, privacy violation, and damage to relationships, opportunities, health, and lifestyle. Is the future of mobile a desirable consumer want or a burdensome survival need 
that creates tension, confusion, and dysfunction. Here are the Mobile 2030 scenarios. Scenario 1, Path to Self-Actualization. In this scenario, mobile is a want. Raw materials are abundant. In 2030, with more than 100 trillion sensors in the world, everything we can do can be monitored. Communications between machines have replaced human involvement, freeing up time for an enhanced life which is more meaningful and efficient. Communication with the world consists of communication with data that is coming from machines. In order to do that, everyone needs to have a tool that helps integrate them into the human machine world. It is not therefore surprising that Liam's graduation present from his parents is the new and most powerful yet operating system, OS, the one tool that can define his success and satisfaction in his career and life. The new operating system Liam is getting will have access to all of his history data and all of his streaming data right after he signs in. From that moment, it will be his closest ally in life, helping him connect with the rest of the world and making decisions with regard to his life. The OS is cloud-based and can assume the shape of many products. Liam can carry a mobile device to communicate with it, but his OS can also be accessed via his car, TV, and many other devices. Liam is young and healthy, but his OS still collects and organizes all the information about his health, from what he eats to how many steps he walks every day. It monitors his body vitals via small sensors on his clothes and body. The OS is constantly communicating with Liam's doctor's office, which is run by another OS, to make sure that everything is on track. If needed, Liam's OS reminds him that he needs to do more exercise to keep up with the yearly plan, or that the combination of food he is about to order made him feel bad last time he had it. The fact that technology developments still follow Moore's law means that Liam's OS is over 100,000 times more powerful than an equivalent system in 2010. This means that alongside talking with Liam, it can literally feel him due to advanced physiological and psychological sensors. In fact, his OS is so powerful that Liam's career is going to be dependent on his ability to work together with the OS to achieve his future work objectives. As Liam searches for a potential job, his new OS tells him whether he is suitably qualified based on historical data of his past jobs and courses, as well as assessing whether the job and the company fit his personality. If he finds an opportunity he likes but lacks skills for, his OS suggests how he can close the gap with additional learning, online or in person, and how long it will take him to get to that level. Between job interviews, Liam spends a lot of time with his OS doing fun things. Knowing his preference for specific types of humor, his OS provides him with short videos with funny sketches. If one happens not to be as funny, his OS knows it immediately by reading Liam's face, and it skips to the next one. He can also participate in daily decisions within his city via the e-voting system that was designed to provide the mayor with continuous citizen feedback. In the evening, when his friends are back from work, they meet for drinks, but not before the OS's take their locations, preference, and availability into account and suggest where they all should meet. While Liam is looking for a full-time job, he gets a constant update from his OS about his spending. Luckily, there is a lot of work available on an hourly basis, which he can do from anywhere. All Liam needs to do after stating his job preferences is to tell his OS when he is ready to work. 
Setting his goals at the beginning of the month allows his OS to manage his time with suggestions of when to work and when to spend time on interviewing or training. The system is so convenient that some of Leon's friends decide that they prefer to live like this, with more flexibility around work and leisure than to have a full-time job. The ability to work from home in many jobs has increased the ability to do destination work, meaning that the mobility of technology allows people to decide that they are going to work from a different city for a while and to maybe run a workspace on a daily basis. The idea of work-life balance has never been so easy to achieve. Being so powerful and drawing on advances in cognitive computing and machine learning, Liam's OS knows him so well and spends so much time with him that a strong bond is created. For some people, the OS is now at the level where it can provide them with all the social contact they need. The OS is Liam's constant, attentive companion, sharing information, advising, spending time with him, and ensuring he is always in peak mental condition and never really alone. Scenario 2, Insecure Attachment. Mobile is a need, raw materials are abundant. It's April 14, 2030, and Emma is searching for the receipt for the smart home system she installed back in December. The government will give her $250 for making her house more energy efficient. However, what Emma really wants is to get one more government reward star to complete the series of 50. With 50 stars, she will be able to be one of the lucky people who gets a 12-month pass for her mobile data program, which is only available from the government. With many cheap models of mobile devices available, consumers are now more focused on finding a cheap and stable data plan. This government plan is only available for those assessed as productive citizens. Without it, one cannot maintain a normal life. This mobile device data plan is offered by the government for free, but users have to share all of their information to prove they are making productive use of their time. The devices are still made from toxic materials, but competition with other nations does not allow any government to ban them. The newly elected U.S. President promised to invest more in finding a way to make non-toxic mobile devices. Good citizens share their data with government computers which then decide what government services they can access and what education and development programs they can attend. For example, at the age of 15, the government decides what profession a person is going to pursue. The government asks the person what they want to do, but this accounts for only 15% of the decision. The remainder is calculated based on 15 years of data that was accumulated on the individual. If a person was out of the government data plan for even a few weeks during the 15 years, their chances of enjoying a good career are much lower. At age 15, people also start to vote, which is mandatory. More importantly, their voting ratio is chosen. Depending on their performance and behavior, their vote can be worth as much as 20 times more than the standard vote. In this way, the government ensures the greatest influence on decisions is given to the people who contribute the most to the country. Once the ratio is chosen, it is very hard to increase it but easier to decrease it if the person does not stay productive or if they break the law. Given that the government is collecting all the data, even good citizens do not use their mobile devices for everything. Attachment to devices is not that high because it is used mainly for completing life's essentials rather than for organizing free time and social activities. 
There are many models of approved mobile devices, and people mostly replace them to show what level of data plan they have, which typically reflects their socioeconomic status. While no one is really attached to their mobile device, it is the most important device most people own. The chance that the government will reduce the size of the data plan or even remove it from a person can be a devastating experience. The punishment for most common crimes involves losing status in the data plan, and people are constantly aware of the implications if they do not follow national laws and regulations. Punishments for serious crimes may result in losing a data plan for years, and it's not surprising that identity theft is a common crime and one of the biggest risks for society. After the government made the mobile device the official source of personal identification, it also established capital punishment for identity theft. Governments are constantly investing more in technology to prevent identity theft, but with roughly one in every 32 citizens having their data plan removed for one reason or another, the motivation to steal a data plan is still high. Scenario 3, Status Symbol. In this scenario, mobile is a want, raw materials are scarce. Jordan woke with a blurry memory of being knocked down last night. While traveling home by foot, he was viewing a new film and suddenly his streaming video lagged and his high-speed connection froze. Poor connections and interferences were always a sign of an impoverished, crime-ridden, dangerous part of town. No surprise then that he got mugged. They took his brand new device and mobile peripherals. Luckily, he had a good insurance plan with theft coverage. The 2025 Internet Privatization Law put an end to most free Wi-Fi in the big cities. It was only free as long as the user consented to detailed data mining of their usage information. The overzealous, large-scale exploitation of user information, everything from personal, professional, consumption, health, and political, that began in the early 2000s was finally brought down by a mass movement of consumers who had grown tired of constant privacy invasion. In addition, prices for consumer technology had grown so high that the products once again signified a serious financial commitment on the part of the user, who then became more protective of the activities they conducted on mobile. So the previously free Wi-Fi was now replaced with very expensive high-speed connectivity. Again, the expense, a byproduct of the extremely scarce resources at the time, was a deterrent to all but the wealthiest sectors of society. As an alternative, in 2020, various private companies had started to provide free Wi-Fi for those willing to sacrifice their privacy. Thus, a bad neighborhood was likely to host poor-quality free public Wi-Fi, which was operated on a charitable basis for the have-nots, by the same private corporations that offered expensive and discreet data access to those who could afford it. Devices were hot on the black market, considering their prohibitive retail price, so thefts such as Jordan's were common. Luckily, the Internet Privatization Law had provisions to protect users from abuses resulting from criminal incidents. For example, identity shutoff would clear the phone's memory the minute it was no longer detecting Jordan's specific physiological presence nearby. Wearable, ingestible, and implantable devices had become so common that the risk of actual personal bodily harm due to a device theft was very high. This fact had been a huge impetus to the law protecting citizens' detectable data from prying eyes, including the government's. 
So even though Jordan was pretty beat up from the mugging, he was sure his identity and well-being were safely encrypted and retrievable only by him. It would be a tough recovery, but being so fit in his 40s would contribute to Jordan's quick physical healing from the violent robbery. One of the many advantages of mobile devices is the way they encourage and support active lifestyles. Exercise and fitness are perfectly enmeshed in the self-tracking and monitoring technologies that high-scale consumers normally use. Enabling movement had emerged as the public health solution for the sedentary society whose ill effects were obvious by 2020. Obesity levels and heart disease rates were stabilizing and even falling in many developing countries, at least among those wealthy enough to use private Wi-Fi and buy expensive devices. Jordan was a little sad to think of losing the relatively new device that the mugger stole. It was a beautiful piece of equipment with very exotic materials inside. The good thing was that his expensive insurance policy would allow him to buy a replacement quickly. Prohibitively high prices meant the average buyer faced significant wait times, even for 10-year-old models. Better off consumers who knew their access to good jobs and living conditions depended on a quality device were more than willing to spend the equivalent of two or three months' rent to purchase a new mobile and protect it with expensive insurance programs. Being marginalized from opportunities was a way of life for those who could not make a similar investment. Scenario 4, Big Brother. Mobile is a need, raw materials are scarce. She looked at the lottery numbers on the screen of her MyPhone 20, an indecipherable mix of symbols and numbers that would determine the direction of her life over the next 18 months. Her dreams of having a second child in the near future were dashed when she realized that if she didn't land the non-toxic model she'd hoped for, her fertility would suffer. Medical recommendations offered strict guidelines for the reproductive choices of users of highly invasive devices, also known as wearables, ingestibles, implantable, or invisible. Having broken the terms of her user contract several times in the past year and a half, she knew her chances of winning in the lottery were diminished and she feared the worst. She had hoped for something handheld, which would keep the Wi-Fi toxins from interrupting her cycles and allow her and her partner to have another baby. However, the chances that this lottery would result in a non-invasive outcome were slim, even slimmer since they already had one child and she had violated the usage rules in her contract. Limitations on the number of children couples could have were already strict regardless of device. The well-being of the existing population relied precariously on dwindling natural resources in 2030 and there was no way to hide your ecological footprint from your device. With an implanted device, she would be monitored constantly on a number of health indicators like exercise, diet, use of tobacco, and other vices, which would immediately disqualify her from another pregnancy. The mobile lifestyle had impacted society in ways that limited personal choice substantially. A consumerist boom with rapid replacement of mobiles had generated a huge demand for the key resources that went into manufacturing the devices, which were concentrated in developing countries. This gave rise both to corrupt leadership and a bidding war to dominate access to the highly valuable materials in the region's concern. Mobile devices became more expensive, with a blood tax on the more exotic new materials and technologies that allowed for faster and smaller devices. Only people who had earned credits for lawful behavior, employee compliance, and positive lifestyle habits could win one in the lottery. 
Thus, with consumer prices going through the roof, the decision was made to devise a lottery system for Western societies so that the devices could be available to all. By 2020, it was impossible to function without a mobile, but supply was limited, so a lottery of new devices was the only way to ensure there were enough to go around. This meant that many people were expected to accept their device without question, knowing their livelihoods depended on it. It was also accepted that one's behavior in the presence of the device would determine outcome and eligibility for an upgrade next time around. It was the perfect means of social control. The service providers had long since surrendered their aura of independence from government interference. It was now common knowledge that the private corporations that manufactured consumer devices were working hand-in-hand -hand with the state and international surveillance agencies. This was convenient since public policy demanded speed, access, and freedom to examine a citizen's behavior via their device. Being part of the mobile society meant giving up many freedoms. It was all in the user contract and at the whim of the provider and de facto government observers. The lottery system all but ensured that your assigned devices were the least compatible for your lifestyle, yet society continued to insist this was the best way to keep people honest and guarantee equality of access. There was even a new category of disenfranchisement known as mobileless, since hunger and homelessness had all but been alleviated by the much stricter regulations on consumption throughout society. A guaranteed minimum income had been implemented in many countries, so a new criteria of disadvantage was created to describe the people at the very bottom the untouchables whose lives were not dictated by mobile. Many of them objected to the invasions of mobile life and thus scattered themselves to the fringes of society. Nevertheless, the untouchables were still entered into lotteries each year against their will to be assigned a phone, usually one of the discarded models. She remembered a handwritten sign she had seen a disheveled man holding on the street corner. Do you own the phone or does the phone own you? It was something to think about this morning as she checked her work assignments and daily food and energy rations to provide for her small family. The Mobile 2030 scenarios highlight how both our social and working lives could become increasingly centered on the mobile device and how it could effectively become the controlling agent in our lives, controlling our access to education, opportunities, services, and resources. What questions for business do these scenarios pose? 1. What are the most and least favorable aspects of each scenario for your organization and your employees? Two. How could the continued evolution of mobile technology and applications impact and potentially disrupt your organization? 3. What strategies could your organization adopt to take advantage of the potential evolution of mobile technology and to protect against the least attractive developments? Thanks for tuning in today and a big thank you to Alex for spending so much time, and I mean probably hours and hours of time, recording the longest chapters in the future of business for this podcast. To order a copy of The Future of Business, visit us at fastfuturepublishing.com. Be sure to use coupon code FUTUREDAY before checkout to get that 65% off of whichever version of the book you buy. Starting next week, we will be adding a few new books to our store in the coming weeks. So follow us on Twitter and Facebook, the links are in the show notes. And sign up for our newsletter on the website to receive the latest and greatest updates and offers from Fast Future Publishing. Until next time, I'm April Corey with Fast Future Publishing, and I'll talk to y'all later.